I'm sorry, my line was on mute. Uh, good morning, everyone, and welcome to our Course in Miracles daily reading conference call. We read from the text of the Course in Miracles original edition, published by our dear friends at the Course in Miracles Society. You can access an online copy of the original edition by going to jcim.net, or if you mouse over the link at top for online edition, you'll see the link to read A Course in Miracles OE. Also, at that website, there's this tab called Lesson Sign Up, where you can sign up to receive a daily excellent email that includes both the text reading for the day as well as the lesson. My name is Lori Cameron. This call is Monday through Friday from about 9.15 to about 11 a.m. Eastern. Today, we continue our reading of Chapter 21, The Inner Picture, with Section 6, Reason and Perception. We're also mindful of our lesson today, Lesson 240. Lesson 240, Fear is Not Justified in Any Form. And as I mentioned earlier, Fran is chauffeuring her husband to a physician appointment this morning. So if anyone would like to give some thoughts leading our lesson reflection at the top of the hour, that would be most welcome. And in light of today's reading and today's lesson, I'd like to open this call this morning with a little poem from Angie Sullins, uh, who has a very interesting website. It's AngieSullins.com. But she offers this poem as regards fear. And I think there's one unmuted line. If you could check and make sure your line is muted, that would be just great. The poem goes like this. The next time you refuse to sing because you'll never fill a stadium or decline the joy of dance for fear of looking ridiculous or you resist risking the new adventure because you're not entirely ready or you dim your shine because you're not completely healed and whole, the next time you hold yourself suspect because you're not entirely qualified, just remember, a bird doesn't sing because it's talented. A bird sings because it has a song. The moon doesn't only shine when it's whole or it can show up. It can show up with a single sliver of itself. It's still light in the entire night sky. So show up, sing, shine. The world needs you as you are. The world needs you as you are. Fear is not justified in any form. Amen. Amen. Love it. Thank you. Thank oh, thanks, you. Jennifer. <laughs> I found it I found it very encouraging as well. So thank you. Um okay, my friends, here's our reading list so far. We have Jennifer, Lemoyne, Robin Marie, and Karen. Who else has joined us? Would like to be on the reading list or say hey, good morning. Morning, it's Sandra. I can read. Thanks, Sandra. And good morning, it's Jessica. I can also read. Excellent. Thanks, Jessica. Anyone else? 
Okay. All righty then. So here we are again in Chapter 21, The Inner Picture, with Section 6, Reason and Perception, uh, beginning today with Paragraph 49. Perception selects and makes the world you see. It literally picks it out as the mind directs. The laws of size and shape and brightness would hold, perhaps, if other things were equal. They are not equal. For what you look for, you are more likely to discover than what you would prefer to overlook. The still small voice for God is not drowned out by all the ego's raucous screams and senseless ravings to those who want to hear it. Perception is a choice and not a fact. But on this choice depends far more than you may realize as yet. For on the voice you choose to hear and on the sights you choose to see depends entirely your whole belief in what you are. Perception is a witness but to this and never to reality. Yet, it can show you the conditions in which awareness of reality is possible, or those where it could never be. Now, Jennifer. Chapter 21, The Inner Picture. 6, Reason and Perception. 49. Perception selects and makes the world you see. It literally picks it out as the mind directs. The laws of size and shape and brightness would hold, perhaps, if other things were equal. They are not equal. For what you look for, you are far more likely to discover than what you would prefer to overlook. The still, small voice for God is not drowned out by all the ego's raucous screams and senseless ravings to those who want to hear it. Perception is a choice and not a fact. But on this choice depends far more than you may realize as yet. For on the voice you choose to hear and on the sights you choose to see depends entirely your whole belief in what you are. Perception is a witness, but to this and never to reality. Yet it can show you the conditions in which awareness of reality is possible or those where it could never be. And do I read 50? Yes, please. Okay. Thank you. 50. Reality needs no cooperation from you to be itself. But your awareness of it needs your help because it is your choice. Listen to what the ego says and see what it directs you to see and it is sure that you will see yourself as 
tiny, vulnerable, and afraid. You will experience depression, a sense of worthlessness, and feelings of impermanence and unreality. You will believe that you are helpless prey to forces far beyond your own control and far more powerful than you. And you will think the world you made directs your destiny. For this will be your faith. But never believe, because it is your faith, it makes reality pass. Thank you, Jen. Okay. Um, Hi. Um, I, I can't I can't tell who's next. It's, okay, it's me. All right, I'll try. It was it dropped, I guess, just when you asked for me a little bit. I'm getting a little glitch, so just interrupt me and go on if I'm not working. But otherwise, I will read here <clears throat> from 50. Reality needs no cooperation from you to be itself. But your awareness of it needs your help because that is your choice. Listen to what the ego says and see what it directs you to see. And it will, it is sure that you will see yourself as tiny, vulnerable, and afraid. You will experience depression, the sense of worthlessness, and feelings of impermanence in reality. You will believe that you are helpless prey to forces far beyond your control and far more powerful than you. And you will think the world you made directs your destiny. For this will be your faith. But never believe, because it is your faith, it makes reality. There is another vision and another voice in which your freedom lies awaiting but your choice. And if you place your faith in them, you will perceive another self in you. This other self these miracles as natural. They are as simple and natural to it as breathing to the body. They are the obvious response to calls for health, the only one it makes. <clears throat> miracles seem unnatural to the ego because it does not understand how separate minds can influence each other, nor could they do so. But minds cannot be separate. This other self is perfectly aware of this. And thus it recognizes that miracles do not affect another's mind, only its own. They change your mind. There is no other. Thank you, Lemoyne. And Baba Marie.
51. There is another vision and another capital V voice in which your freedom lies awaiting but your choice. And if you place your faith in them, you will perceive another capital S self in you. This other self sees miracles as natural. They are as simple and natural to it as breathing to the body. They are the obvious response to calls for help, the only one it makes. Miracles seem unnatural to the ego because it does not understand how separate minds can influence each other, nor could they do so. But minds cannot be separate. This other self is perfectly aware of this, and thus it recognizes that miracles do not affect another's mind, only its own. They always change your mind. There is no other. 52. You do not realize the whole extent to which the idea of separation has interfered with reason. Reason lies in the other, capital S, self you have cut off from your awareness. And nothing you have allowed to stay in it is capable of reason. How can the segment of the mind devoid of reason understand what reason is or grasp the information it would give? All sorts of questions may arise in it, but if the basic question stems from reason, it will not ask it. Like all that stems from reason, the basic question is obvious, simple, and remains unasked. But think not reason could not answer it. Thank you, Robin Marie. And Karen. 52. You do not realize the whole extent to which the idea of separation has interfered with reason. Reason lies in the other self you have cut off from your awareness. And nothing you have allowed to stay in it is capable of reason. How can the segment of the mind devoid of reason understand what reason is or grasp the information it would give? All sorts of questions may arise in it, but if the basic question stems from reason, it will not ask it. Like all that stems from reason, the basic question is obvious, simple, and remains unasked. But think not, reason could not answer it. 53. God's plan for your salvation could not have been established without your will and your consent. It must have been accepted by the Son of God, for what God wills for him, he must receive. For God wills not apart from him, nor does the will of God wait upon time to be accomplished. Therefore, what joined the will of God must be in you now, being eternal. You must have set aside a place in which the Holy Spirit can abide and where he is. He must have been there 
since the need for him arose and was fulfilled in the same instant. Such would your reason tell you if you listened. Yet such is clearly not the ego's quote-unquote reasoning. Its alien nature to the ego is proof you will not find the answer there. Yet if it must be so, it must exist. And if it exists for you and has your freedom as the purpose given it, you must be free to find it. Thank you, Karen. And Sandra. 53. God's plan for your salvation could not have been established without your will and your consent. It must have been accepted by the Son of God for what God wills for him, he must receive. For God wills not apart from him, nor does the will of God wait upon time to be accomplished. Therefore, what joined the will of God must be in you now, being eternal. You must have set aside a place in which the Holy Spirit can abide and where he is. He must have been there since the need for him arose and was fulfilled in the same instant. Such would your reason tell you if you listened, yet such is clearly not the ego's quote-unquote reasoning. Its alien nature to the ego is proof you will not find the answer there. Yet if it must be so, it must exist. And if it exists for you and has your freedom as the purpose given it, you must be free to find it. 54. God's plan is simple, never circular and never self-defeating. He has no thoughts except the self-extension. And in this, your will must be included. Thus, there must be a part of you that knows his will and shares it. It is not meaningful to ask if what must be is so. But it is meaningful to ask why you are unaware of what is so. For this must have an answer if you plan if the plan of God for your salvation is complete. And it must be complete because its source knows not of incompletion. Where would the answer be but in the source? And where would you be there would you but and where are you but there where this same answer is? Your identity as much as a true your identity as much a true effect of this same source as is the answer must therefore be together and the same. Thank you, Sandra. And Jessica. I think I have to pass. Sorry. Okay. Okay. 
we'll come back to you then, if we can. Uh, so is there a new reader for uh, 54 and 55? Ooh, I would love to read this, Lori. Jude, good morning, Thanks, guys. Thanks, Jude. For God's plan is simple, never circular and never self-defeating. He has no capital thoughts except the capital self-extending. And in this, your will must be included. Thus, there must be a part of you that knows capital his capital will and shares it. It's not meaningful to ask, if what must be is so, but it is meaning to ask why you are unaware of what is so. For this must have an answer. If the plan of God for your salvation is complete, and it must be complete because its capital source knows not, knows not of incompletion. Where would the answer be but in the capital source? And where are you but there? Where the same answer is. Your capital identity is much a true effect of the same capital source as is the answer must therefore be together and the same. 55. Oh, yes. You know this, and more than this alone. Yet any part of knowledge threatens disassociation as much as all of it. And all of it will come with any part. Here is the part you can accept. What reason points to you can see because the witnesses on its behalf are clear. Only the totally insane can disregard them. And you you have gone past this. Reason is a means which serves the Holy Spirit's purpose in its own right. It is not reinterpreted and redirected from the goal of sin, as are the others. For reason is beyond the ego's range of means. <laughs> oh, I love it. Thank you, Judy. Let's see now. Would there be another new reader for 55 and 56? Fifty-five and fifty-six. This is Jessica. I can read now. Oh, great! Thanks, Jess. <clears throat> okay, fifty-five. Oh yes, you know. Okay, let me read the sentence before. Your identity, as much a true effect of this same source as is the answer, must therefore be together and the same. Oh yes, you know this, and more than this alone. Yet any part of knowledge threatens dissociation, as much as all of it. And all of it will come with any part. Here is the part you can accept. What reason points to, you can see, because the witnesses 
on its behalf are clear. Only the totally insane can disregard them. And you have gone past this. Reason is a means which serves the Holy Spirit's purpose in its own right. It is not reinterpreted and redirected from the goal of sin, as are the others. For reason is beyond the ego's range of means. 56. Faith and perception and belief can be misplaced and serve the great deceiver's need as well as truth. But reason has no place at all in madness, nor can it be adjusted to fit its end. Faith and belief are strong in madness, guiding perception toward what the mind has valued. But reason enters not at all in this, for the perception would fall away at once if reason were applied. There is no reason in insanity, for it depends entirely on reason's absence. The ego never uses it because it does not realize that it exists. The partially insane have access to it, and only they have need of it. Knowledge does not depend upon it, and madness keeps it out. Thank you, Jessica. Reader for 56 and 57. Okay, Jennifer, back to you. 56. Faith and perception and belief can be misplaced and serve the great deceiver's needs as well as truth. But reason has no place at all in madness, nor can it be adjusted to set its its end. Faith and belief are strong in madness, guiding perception toward what the mind has valued. But reason enters not at all in this. For the perception would fall away at once if reason were applied. There is no reason in in insanity, for it depends entirely on reason's absence. (laughs) The ego never uses it because it does not realize that it exists. The partially insane have access to it, and and only they have need of it. Knowledge does not depend on it, and madness keeps it out. 57. The part of the mind where reason lies was dedicated by your will in union with your fathers to the undoing of insanity. Here was the Holy Spirit's purpose, accepted and accomplished both at once. Reason is alien to insanity, and those who use it 
have gained a means which cannot be applied to sin. Knowledge is far beyond attainment of any kind, but reason can serve to open doors you close against it. Pass. Thank you, Jennifer. And Lemoyne, are you able to read now? Uh, I believe so. Okay. So again. The part of mind where reason lies was dedicated by your will in union with your fathers to the undoing of insanity. Here was the Holy Spirit's purpose accepted and accomplished both at once. Reason is alien to insanity, and those who use it have gained a means which cannot be applied to sin. Knowledge is far beyond attainment of any kind, but reason can serve to open doors you close against it. You have come very close to this. Faith and belief have shifted, and you have asked the question which the ego will never ask. Does not your reason tell you now the question must have come from something that you do not now know but must belong to you? Faith and belief, upheld by reason, cannot fail to lead to changed perception. And in this change is room made way for vision. Vision extends beyond itself, as does the purpose, purpose which it serves and all the means for its accomplishment. Amen. Thank you, Lemoyne. Uh, and Robin and Marie. Fifty-eight. I'm going to go back one sentence. But reason can serve to open doors you closed against it. You have come very close to this. Faith and belief have shifted, and you have asked the question which the ego will never ask. Does not your reason tell you now the question must have come from something you do not know but must belong to you? Faith and belief, upheld by reason, cannot fail to lead to changed perception. And in this change is room made way for vision. Vision extends beyond itself as does the purpose which it serves and all the means for its accomplishment. Amen. Yes. Thank you, Robin Marie, and thank you everyone who read this morning. Section six reason and perception. See ya. I wanted to remind everyone that um Fran is traveling this morning and um we're looking for someone to lead our reflection at the top of the hour uh, on today's lesson. Let's see. 
I think, to highlight just from paragraph 54. Now I want to include 53. God's plan for your salvation could not have been established without your will and your consent. Therefore, what joins the will of God must be in you now, being eternal. You must have set aside a place in which the Holy Spirit can abide and where he is. He must have been there since the need for him arose and was fulfilled in the same instant. 54. God's plan is simple, never circular and never self-defeating. He has no thoughts except the self-extending, and in this your will must be included. Thus there must be a part of you that knows his will and shares in it. It is not meaningful to ask if what must be so is so, but it is meaningful to ask why are you unaware of what is so? For this must have an answer if the plan of God for your salvation is complete. It must be complete because its source knows not of incompletion. Where would the answer be but in the source? And where are you but there where this same answer is? Your identity as much a true effect of this same source as is the answer, must be, therefore, together and the same. In 57, the part of the mind where reason lies was dedicated by your will in union with your fathers to the undoing of insanity. And with that, I think um, we'll just say the floor is open for any initial thoughts or reactions or uh, shares that might seem to rise before the top of the hour. Anyone? This is Jennifer. Good morning, everybody. And something that comes to mind is really big. What what does this feel like? Um, vision extends beyond itself. Um, <clears throat> you know, as I go through my day and I have a decision to make, if, if it's um, based on um, the platform of reason, um, my whole body feels free as I make the right decision, which is in, um, including um, God. But if I make a decision that tends towards an error, I'm, I'm not free-flowing. I'm stuck in a circular, you know, um, chasing my tail, so to speak. So, um, um, everything that feels ultimately good, no matter what emotion or um, is coming up, whether that feels good or not, um, that underlying base feeling, moment to moment of freedom and extension and a sense of some 
even in some moments, it feels like a shrapnel of God shining its light on me um, is enough as I'm willing to show up um, and um, have the foundation be reason. And <clears throat> if for whatever reason I'm feeling weak, I can call upon the bridge and, 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 and talk to another brother or sister or, or a neighbor or, um, or, or pet my dog or go to the garden and pull weeds. I can reconnect when things get really wobbly so that I'm back in that space of um, vision that extends um, with a platform of reason opposed to uh, a shaky ego. I'm complete. Well, thank you, Jennifer. Hi, thank you, Jennifer. Good morning, guys. Lori Lemoyne, thank you, everyone, for reading. I um, I really love this this portion of the text because it really spells it out clearly the difference between perception and vision, and that it's really the only choice that I have. My mind has to see through the eyes of my Christ consciousness, my one-mindedness to listen to the one voice for God or listen to the truth um, who knows the truth who can teach me the truth if I've forgotten it um, and perception, how perception selects and slices it and dices it up according to what the body would see through its sensorial limited capacity that um, I really like in paragraph 50 where you know, reality is reality, and my reality is perfectly protected and perfectly safe. I just need to remember what my reality is, that I'm a spirit perfect, created perfectly, unalterable. I can't distort it or change it. I am a changeless reality, and the condition of that reality is peace, that I'm the kingdom of God. I am all of it, and that's the way vision sees itself as all of it. Christ sees the Son of God, all of creation, as itself. It's one and the same. And, um, you know, that, 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 that makes it a choice. You know, it takes, takes all the choices out of perception. And this is what I notice when I practice vision that, you know, it's a choiceless choice. I don't have to pick between anything or decide anything. It's just loving what I'm seeing and loving what I'm listening to. And it's like <clears throat> all the judgment, there's no judgment at all within it. But I had to come to understand, what I had to come to understand was how all the body's perception is an interpretation and can be distorted or not depending on whether I'm in love or in fear. And, you know, that was just the beginning. That was just the beginning of recognizing that fear really doesn't exist. And um, 
but to to distinguish um, the different points of view, how perception comes from a, a place of lack, of limitedness, of, of, of personal interpretation, of wanting things to be my way, and not understanding that everything was of the universe was completely beneficent and all for me, and only the ego would see it differently. So this is a wonderful, wonderful part of the text. And I just, I'll close with this in paragraph 57, which just really tickles my fancy. The part of mine where reason lies was dedicated by my will in union with my father's to the undoing of insanity. And, you know, we talk about the, the atonement that we, we've forgotten our perfection, that atonement, the perfect love of God is in us. It's always been in us. We've forgotten it. And um, that the undoing, atonement is the undoing. <laughs> it's the remedy for insanity. It's just... Um, made me laugh. I don't know why this morning because maybe just because I'm I'm sane enough to to know that I recognize my insanity and I, I can laugh at it now and see how it's no effect and never did have any effect on changing who I am in truth. It's great joy in this today. God's plan is simple and I will with God's plan um, there's no finding salvation in the world. The ego's plant for my salvation never worked. It got me. It brought me to the course, thank God. And um, we're already accomplished. Knowledge is far beyond attainment of any kind. We just got to be it, know it, and be it. Okay, peace and love and joy to all. Have a good day. I'm complete. Thank you, Judy. Touched on to this grateful. And I wonder if anyone's given some thoughts to lead lesson reflection this morning. Anyone like to lead us this morning in our last lesson in the section of what is salvation? I can. This is Sandra. Yeah. Thank you, Sandra. All right. Okay, Um, the lesson today is lesson 240, fear is not justified in any form. And I'll read a little bit from what is salvation. Salvation is a promise made by God that you would find your way to him at last. The thought of peace was given to God's son the instant that his mind had thought of war. Salvation is undoing in the sense that it does nothing, failing to support the world of dreams and malice. Let us come daily to the holy place, to this holy place, and spend a little while together. And today's lesson is fear is not justified in any 
form. Let not the truth about ourselves today be hidden by a false humility. Let us instead be thankful for the gifts our Father gave us. Can we see in those with whom he shares his glory any trace of sin and guilt? And can it be that we are not among them when he loves his son forever and with perfect constancy, knowing he is as he created him? We thank you, Father, for the light that shines forever in us, and we honor it because you share it with us. We are one, united in this light, and one with you, at peace with all creation and ourselves. Let's take five minutes. Fear is not justified in any form. Five minutes.
Lesson 240, Fear is Not Justified in Any Form. I thought of a new acronym for fear, which is Face Everything and Resurrect. Because that's basically what I'm experiencing is is my own resurrection and I'm in charge of that me and the Holy Spirit because I can't I can't do it alone um, but I just have to keep I have to keep resurrecting myself because because I can fall into a very deep dark place these days um, and it is what's required of me is to take responsibility for that because there's nobody going to come save me I created this curriculum with God for as a gateway for me to return back home to my true home so if I resist what comes up and try to self-regulate using unhealthy uh, habits that I'm just going to go deeper in. If I take responsibility and resurrect, and that might mean lots of repetition over and over and over again, then I got a chance. I'm complete. I love that acronym. Face everything and resurrect. That's phenomenal, Sandra. Thank you. Thanks, Sandra. Thank you, Sandra. That was fabulous. The way you led us in the in the reflection and your acronym. Thank you. Thank you, Sandra. It reminds me of Groundhog Day. <laughs> and if you just keep up with it, you'll get to um, where to uh, to true vision and uh, being at peace. I love that you mentioned Groundhog Day because it seems that I have repeated some patterns um, <laughs> and and they're going to continue to repeat until I can experience them, feel them, get to the core of them, turn them over. And I may have to do that over and over and over again. I'm complete. And I also just, thank, thank you for mentioning that, Sandra. I totally, totally understand. And I want to just say that um, sometimes if we can just be open, things can happen in no time, no space. We have this ability to just have the lights all turn on. That can happen for us as well. So we just don't know how much the repetition may be. It could be once or it could be a thousand times. But just to be open to whatever is and accept, that's, that's my, my vision. I had another uh, acronym for 
for fear while I was doing a course of love, which was false evidence appearing real, which is a, a good one too, but I like the resurrect best. <laughs> Thanks. Oh, thanks for that, Brother Marie. Mm-hmm. I um, just keep thinking in, in wide open uh, wholeheartedness that, you know, this this is a dream, this is an illusion of who we think we are. It's a grand projection. It's not something that that um, anybody did in particular, but it's something that every particular person has a choice to come out of in any given holy instant. And I think that the text t- t- touches upon that, that nobody keeps me in bondage, and it's my mind I need to save. It's my mind that I need to wake up. It's my mind that I, I need to I need to to use reason to to side with what and who I am in truth. My true identification with the one mindedness of God that's peaceful and joyful and happy, limitlessly, without end, just completely happy all the time. And um, to that perception perception is is a way of looking at the dream which reinforces um, it's, it's appearing and seeming to be real. You know, that, that, you know, we just read not too long ago that um, it's needful that we recognize that we made the world, that we created this world, that we're, by, you know, making an identification with ourselves as being in a body, um, and that we created this world, you know, is the same mistake. We did not create ourselves. We, we did not create ourselves. But we are creating, we are miscreating ourselves in this form, this perception of ourselves. That we, I, I, I like to think, I used to like to think that I was a body looking at a tree. But now I'm just seeing everything, everything, everything as a part of the totality of my reality. I forget my body. I forget myself. And getting that interference, that past thinking out of my mind, out of my memory, removes the distortion that Judy would lay upon her version of reality, the egoic version of reality. So this is, you know... Knowledge, the difference between knowledge and perception, and that perception and the ego will never meet knowledge. So I have to undo this perceptual um, view of the world, Judy's particular view of the world, and use vision, use the means of vision and the Holy Spirit's voice to reinform my mind what's true, because perception is deception it's what appears to be what seems to be and it's all fragmented and just a part and it's 
speaks of that too in the last part of the taxa. Part of knowledge is dissociation. And that's what everyone's part is and their own salvation from it. Everybody has to wake up and all we can do is help each other to wake up and say, look at the, look at the whole parade, not one little itty-bitty um, version of it, not through a peephole in the fence, as my friend would say. <laughs> oh, joyful day. Thank you. <laughs> Good morning. I'm just going to wait until everyone thanks Judy. Okay, I'll go. It's Karen. Good morning. So, Good morning. After, um, after Sandra led us in this meditation, I'm in the woods. Uh, I left after we stopped reading today's text reading, and I go to the woods almost every single day during our, our um, call. And every day when I walk by this one spot, I always hear something going in the water, and I kept thinking that it was a turtle. You know, and I kept looking for it and standing there and wait. So time after time, I stop in this one spot when I hear that splash into the water and I look and I look (laughs) today. (laughs) So whoever it is or whatever it is, it knows that I've been trying to say hello or to see it. (laughs) It was a really big snake, (laughs) a really, really big snake, like fat and big. I don't know what it is, but I'm sure it's not venomous. <laughs> but I just instantly said, fear is not justified in any form. And I walked around it. It was like coming out to say hello to me. But fear is not justified in any form because this whole, this whole um, screen of perception is an illusion. I'm not really a body, so, you know, if it was dangerous... It's not the end. It would just be a shift in, you know, how I manifest my soul as opposed to being manifested through this this world of um, material reality and a body. Anyway, I had the thought about reason, just one little share. I thought, reason is my right mind. It's the voice of truth inside my mind. And... Just like the little fragments that are talked about in the introduction to salvation, reason is it has a little spot that God put where God put it, where the Holy Spirit put it, and it goes with me everywhere. But I have to find it, or I have to allow it to emerge, or I have to listen to it. I have to look for it and consult it. And if I don't, then I'm in the illusion. And it's just another name for that frag- that place, that spot, inside all the fragments. The fragments are the separate souls, um, the one self. It's the part of our one self in all of the pieces, and the voice of truth. And it, it isn't confused. But if I give my faith into a reality of illusion... I can't access it, I can't hear it, and I can't um, right i can't I can't use it for guiding my life 
if I put my faith in the in the falsehood, that's the alternative. Reason is associated with love, and fear is is associated with the ego reality of illusion. I'm complete. Thank you, and thank you for letting me share about the snake. Oh my God, fear is just a sensation. It doesn't mean anything. <laughs> it right through me. But if you saw yeah, that snake. <laughs> It was really fat. It was really big. (laughs) Guess what happened to me uh, in the car? I looked over on my sleeve, and there was this giant spider. But it was uh, one of those garden spiders, but it was really big. (laughs) And it was crawling up my arm as I was sitting in the car listening to people. And I very softly said, well, he doesn't look like he's going to bite me. And I got out of the car and got him on a branch and put him on the side so that he could have the spot spin his web. So the spider and the snake, a good omen, right? <laughs> really nice. Thanks, Karen. Well, thank you, Robin Marie. Um, I'm just going to add to that. I used to walk along the beach in Jupiter, Florida, where I was living for years. And there was a snake. And every day I would stop and say hello to it, you know, from about 10 yards away. And then one day it came down, It came all the way down to my condo. So I never wanted to do that again, you know. Got a little too, <laughs> too much love going on between myself and the snake. Because <laughs> I really, really didn't want it to come to my door. <laughs> and it did. It came to the bottom of my stairs. Oh, my. So, there. I mean, they're conscious. They're sentient. If you tune in to sure. Yeah, thank you. I'm complete. Thanks. Oh, thank you both. Delightful. Good morning, everyone. This is Lori. And uh, reason and perception. This section six. Um, I used to think this section was kind of obscure um, because of my misunderstanding of the word reason. I, I I didn't understand what he was what he was talking about. It seemed like an obscure faculty in my mind that I may or may not at times have access to. But looking it over uh, more closely and applying the lesson, all things are lessons God would have me learn. 
um, I've come to understand that reason is as simple as asking what is the truth of this. What is the truth of this? And so from that perspective, um, I was attracted to um, his reference to a question the ego will never ask. What is the question the ego will never ask? Well, he, he tells us early on in this work, the question the ego will never ask is what am I? And from that perspective, uh, this all starts to sort of click into place. Uh, fear is not justified in any form. In that lesson, he tells me that um, if I have access to the truth of me, I'll realize that fear is not justified in any form. And in this reading, he says the same thing. If I have access to the truth of me, access to my right mind or my Christ mind, that's reason. And that mind uh, confers upon me uh, the only partially insane. <laughs> now I'm only partially insane. Yay. Um, but recognizing that I go through this life and, and I have perceptions. Um, my goal is to learn that I can have perception or I can have truth. I can have what my body's eyes see or I can have the truth as my father created it. I can perceive only on the basis of what I think I am. That's the correction um, that is accessible in my right mind. The correction for what I think I am. The question the ego will never ask. So from that perspective, in that first paragraph, perception is a choice. And you will discover what you want you will discover what you want and what you want to see and hear depends on what you think you are. Perception is a witness to what you think you are. <laughs> Perception is a witness to what you think you are. Way back in Review Lesson 58, the Review Lesson that begins with My Holiness envelops everything I see. In that tiny paragraph in that review, he says most clearly, you can picture only what you think about yourself. You can make images only of what you think about yourself. Those review lessons are so excellent because in one tiny paragraph he makes it clear my mind is part of God's. I'm very holy. And I can picture only thoughts I hold about myself. So that makes it quite clear that if I want access to my right mind, if I want access to my loving thoughts, if I want access to my unity with my Father and my unity with creation, 
I need to get clear on what I think I am. The question the ego will never ask. And getting clear on what I think I am is a faculty in my mind. He says in this reading that the Holy Spirit is part of me. In another place he says the Holy Spirit is part of God. He is both God and you, as you are God and Him. I have access to that mind. And it's as simple as what is the truth of this? Ego is always in the background talking to me, telling me the truth of everything. He's the great deceiver, um, the father of lies, <laughs> you know. Um, and I've, I've learned over the course of conditioning and the first half of my life that ego knows everything about what's true and and everything that's true is what it says it is, it being the ego. And if I think I'm an ego, of course I'm going to be prey to fear. I'm going to see myself as tiny. That's also in this reading somewhere. See myself as tiny and weak. Reality needs your help, he says in paragraph 50. Reality needs your help. Remember yesterday's lesson, the glory of my father is my own. Another lesson was today I rise in glory. Um, this is uh, the power of reason, the right mind, the Christ mind, is access to my true thoughts access to truth, access to the thought system of truth. It doesn't mean that I'm not going to go through life seeing things that I misunderstand. Of course I will. Of course I will. But I always have that faculty of reason. And when I access that, he says in paragraph 51, I have access to capital S self, the one self, the self we share. In all those years that I felt lost and alone after my mother died, I remember thinking to myself so often, uh, so often in spite of all the horrible things I was going through, I kept repeating to myself, I cannot be separate from myself. I cannot be separate from myself. It held my sanity together. Um, when I was so suicidal. That's reason. That's the right mind. That's the power of truth. And he says, miracles are the one response that occur naturally to calls for help. The one response. The one flipping my mind. The one anchor that holds no matter what. There's nothing ever that can separate us from the love of God. And miracles occur naturally as a response for help. I wasn't um, accessing reason enough to make miracles be my response. Uh, to that seeming 
horror until finally Holy Spirit's voice broke through and said, find your people, you know, my mighty companions. Ego thinks it's so alone in the world. I'm thinking this morning, especially of Lesson 193, all things are lessons God would have me learn. And and the gift in that lesson uh, is the release of time to immortality. When I forget my eternal holiness, I am tiny and weak. But when I learn to ask what is the truth of this it's just like he says in lesson 193 each hour spend a little time today and in the days to come and practicing the lesson in forgiveness in the form established for the day and try to give it application to the happenings the hour brought so that the next one is free of the one before The chains of time are easily loosened in this way. Let no one hour cast its shadow on the one that follows. And when that one goes, let everything that happens in its course go with it. Thus will you remain unbound in peace eternal in the world of time. This is the lesson God would have you learn. There is a way to look on everything that lets it be to you another step to him and salvation of the world. To all that speaks of terror, terror, answer thus, I will forgive and this will disappear. And what is this salvation? He says, um, salvation is another illusion. But when I realize the truth all illusions go down to dust when I realize the truth of what I am illusions go down to dust it's a world free of condemnation altogether because only the ego condemns when I realize I will forgive for give return this to its original setting whatever that is you know everything in creation is held in the mind of God when I for return it to its original state like a four let it return to its original state by asking what is the truth of this I'm not a body I have nothing to protect here I'm eternally safe eternally holy and my holiness envelops everything my holiness blesses everything this power that is within but not of me he refers to when he says in paragraph let's see turn the page Paragraph 55, oh yes, you know this more than this alone. And here's the important key, I think, to take away from this section. Any part of knowledge threatens dissociation as much as all of it. 
pretty soon we're going to be coming up on perception and correction. And he's going to ask us some questions, ending with, do I want to see what I deny because it is the truth? I don't realize the extent to which truth frightens me. And whenever I call upon fear for my protection, whenever I let fear be my response, what's going on in my mind is I'm denying truth or I'm dissociating myself from truth. I'm throwing myself outside the circle of atonement. I'm seeing myself without my protection, without my holiness, without the peace that's conferred on me through the mind of Christ. And when that occurs, when that occurs, what I've really done is I've thrown myself out. I've denied the truth of myself or dissociated myself from the truth of me. The problem isn't in the world. The problem is in me. And the correction isn't in the world. The correction is in me. I think that's what 58 is all about. Faith and belief can shift because I have asked what I am and upheld by reason. I learned to understand the, tra- the changeless truth of myself and the changeless truth of creation. Upheld by what is the truth of this? I'll still see things, but there is a real world. A world that's still just as much a dream, he says, but it's a dream of happiness, a dream of love, a dream where everything is my friend, where everything created is for me. It's a world of peace, a world of justice, a world of equality, and more than anything, it's a world where my father is my friend. Um, reason is simply what is the truth of this and the answer is already in me of me and it is me Um, I used to quote frequently one of my favorite favorite paragraphs in this work it's in the section on magnitude of holiness and it says reality is safe and sure holy kind to everyone and everything there is no greater love than to accept this and be glad for love gives you everything that makes for happiness there's no problem you have ever given to the Holy Spirit he has not solved for you and there's no problem you've kept for yourself and solved alone is it not time you brought these two ideas together that's reason right there that's reason and it was some years later um, that I realized I am reality and in that context I am safe and sure and holy kind to everyone and everything 
There is no greater love than to accept this and be glad. He says, you that belong to first cause, you that belong to first cause, realize there is no other cause, just first cause. And now the world is not an effect of my disordered mind. Rather, I am part of cause, first cause, and cause and effect are the same. This is how I come to realize I am love and teach teach only love for that is what you are um, this unlimited journey uh, just gets better and better and I don't believe that there's any end to what God can give us when we ask what is the truth of this I'm complete Thank you, Lori. That was just wonderful. So perfect. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Oh, you're very welcome. Yeah, I want to say just a little bit more. Uh, after re review 58, uh, there's review 59 and review 60. And I remember, you know, one year I, rem I remember reading, there is no image that can stand for what you are. And uh, I was practicing review lesson 58. My holiness envelops and blesses is my salvation. There's nothing my holiness cannot do. And, and I remember feeling like um, wherever I go, God goes with me. And, um, it, and I'm going to have to turn to it to see what Reveal Lesson 59 is. Because I remember thinking I made a major shift after that. Let me find it. picture-only thoughts I hold about myself, uh, that would be my holiness. And review lesson, yeah, there it is. 59 is God goes with me wherever I go. God is my strength. Vision is his gift. God is my source. I cannot see apart from him. God is the light in which I see. God is the mind with which I think. And, and, and somewhere between Somewhere between my holiness blesses and God is my source, I cannot see apart from him. Um, I, I developed uh, the image of a riderless horse. And I remember thinking, how is this different than my boat where I sit at the mast? And it occurred to me that everything I ever thought about myself was wrong. Totally an illusion that all holiness belongs to God and is his gift to me because God is my strength and vision is his gift and the light in which I see. And this riderless horse became my uh, vehicle, if you will, that um, 
wherever this riderless horse goes, he goes because he's strong and he loves and he wants the world to go with him. You know, and this is knowledge. What is knowledge? But God gives himself to me. God gives himself to me. He talks about it in paragraph 60 of chapter 11 where the mind of God's Son shines in the Father and the Father's mind shines upon himself. God wants to give himself to me. The light in which I see the source. The vision is his gift. The mind with which I think. And in that shift, then, then, comes that God is the love in which I forgive, the strength in which I trust. There is nothing to fear because everyone and everything I see will lean toward me and bless me and I will recognize in everyone my dearest friend. This is what my Father wants to give me, knowledge. Knowledge that everything is safe and beautiful and holy the knowledge of my own soul, the knowledge of magnitude of holiness and the glory to which I can wake every morning and walk this world as a participant in my Father's dream of holiness. There's one little hinge pin. Hinge pin is what I'm trying to say that all of this rests upon. God is the love in which I forgive. God is the love in which I forgive. Forgive and you will see this differently. Let no one hour cast its shadow on the hour next. And pretty soon you'll discover that you're striding. That's Lee's word. I, I don't feel so much like Johnny Appleseed, but... <laughs> I do feel like it's a grand adventure um, that our Father wants us to uh, experience with him. And so, um, God is the love in which I forgive. And that happens anytime I ask, what is the truth of this? Now, pretty complete. Thank you, everyone. So beautiful. Thank you. This is Yogi Chris. I just came in. Wanted to say top of the morning. And yeah, joy is just. Morning, Chris. Thank you so much for that.
Good morning, Charles here. I've just had a, a bite to eat, so I'm just joining now. Welcome all. Morning, Charles. We've been talking about how perception is a choice and not a fact. Perception is a choice, yes. Thank you. Perception is the thoughts I use in order to perceive with. My understanding of perception is not the eyes or ears, but the thoughts in which I use. If my thoughts are of time with a beginning and end, with limits, then I see something that's not there. But if they're from the Father, infinite, ever-present, ever-loving, um, the thoughts I think with God teach me what forgiveness really is, um, which the Holy Spirit would make me aware of. Because I realize the thoughts I see with, the ones I've been trained to see with, my eyes and my ears, are that which keeps me in hell, uh, keeps me locked in the perception uh, of my own making. Yet I look outside for me to find fault for the thoughts that I think. That's amazing. <laughs> anyway, thank you. I'm complete. Thank you, Charles. Uh, this is Lemoyne. Hey. Good morning, Lemoyne. They led us up to train for a little while, so I was <laughs> doing that. I just, uh, I agree, Charles, that, you know, it's a, uh, like it says that uh, in perception, um, vision and belief are yeah, vision and belief are strong, but the vision is as uh, you know the vision that sees what we want to see uh, from separation. Anyway, I don't focus on the error because it's. It's useful only to notice it only where it's actually active and um, breaking up the corrected vision and uh, instead offer something related to the lesson, <coughs> which is a thought that's that's always. Uh, it's really helped me, and it's uh, you know, I felt like it was given me, and it's it's a statement of reason, I believe, to say that uh, there is no cause for fear and judgment here and now. You know, the fear is always of the future, of what may happen, and judgment's always based on the past, on what we think happened, and. Uh, there's none of that is actually here and now. So, so there, there really, really is, is no, no cause, cause 
for fear and judgment here and now. And uh, I'm getting feedback. I'm not sure you can hear me, but just wanted to offer that in keeping with the lesson and the reading. It uh, it helps to bring that light of reason to uh, whatever intrudes when I can remember to use that gift I've been given that there really isn't any any cause and uh, fear and judgment being of, of the separation they don't have reality outside my fearful and forgiving mind anyway I'm complete thank you Thanks, Lemoyne. Thank you, Lemoyne. Lovely. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Turn the mind right now. Thank you. Amen. I had another thought to share. I just was going to say that I am learning that the perceptions are based on the internal commentator of my ego mind. You know, is this bad? Is this good? Uh, Am I supposed to do something? It's like a, I don't know, I feel a constant sense of um, insecurity about being okay. And therefore, like this morning I woke up and I wasn't feeling well. I was feeling kind of nauseous. And then my mind goes to, well, what, what caused this, you know? And then, and then it had a lot of paranoid thoughts that are totally metaphysical that have nothing to do with physical reality. Like maybe I ate the wrong thing or, you know, nothing like that. But the point was the interpreting. The ego just wants to jump in, ascribe meaning, interpret everything, and Almost always it's fearful and judgmental. Always fearful, always judgmental. Reason, like salvation, is just back quietly, trusting God, opening to God. It doesn't analyze the present moment. It just experiences the moment. And if Yogi Chris is still on the line, I just wanted to say thank you because last week you said that you made your mind a love offering to God. And I have said that to myself a million times. I just loved that phrase, you know. My mind is a love offering to God. I I don't want to empower all the insanity. And, um, you know, I'm I'm only working with it. I'm not there yet. I'm completely, I had a bad day on Saturday. For some reason, I was feeling, like, overwhelmed. But... um, then the op- then my re- my option the next day is do I judge this? Do I judge myself? Do I feel like a failure? Do I hold on to this? You know, do I keep telling the story? Or do I just offer it into the light? You know, let illusions pass by. Salvation does nothing. It just lets go. Let go of the illusions. So um, 
a long time ago, I was in spiritual community, and we meditated all the time. And we got to all of the things the Course in Miracles teaches, and we really did. And, and I lived it. But I could not explain it to myself. And, I, and when I left and the world came back in, I didn't know how to defend myself against my ego. You know, I didn't know how to put it in its place. But the Course in Miracles is like a key that's going to set me free forever. And I'm grateful for learning with all of you and being here. I'm complete. That was beautiful, Karen. Thank you so much. Thank you, Karen. I've walked that parallel path. (laughs) Over... Uh, 35 years since I've been looking at the course. Of course, not all those time I've been studying it, but it's been with me for 35 years. But what I found the most helpful for me is when I actually apply the lessons when something's going on in myself. It's that reasoning the lessons bring with them that brings some sort of sensibility back to my mind. Um, to me, the, the, the textbook is really nice. It's got some beautiful prayers in the textbook. Some beautiful prayers, but when it comes to the attacks of the ego, oh, this is where I rely on the lessons more so now than I ever had before. Because I I realize how 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 clever and powerful the ego can be. Um, yet the Holy Spirit knows all this, sees all this. And by applying the lessons and offering the, to the Holy Spirit, and, uh, you know, I don't have to try to out-clever the ego. <laughs> I don't have to prepare myself in defense. And I can be defenseless through the application of the lesson. Um, that's one of the reasons I feel the Course in Miracles has stuck around me all these years um, and stayed by my side. Even though I wasn't faithful to it, it was faithful to me. So uh, I appreciate the community here and the lessons we apply every day. And... Uh, uh, the ability to see miracles being offered to everyone in the group and see the miracles come alive and get witness to them. That's an encouragement to me. And Karen, I've seen so many miracles with you in your sharings. <clears throat> um, it's just a tremendous joy to have you here with us. Thank you. Thank you, Charles. Thank you, Charles. I had um, the phone put in my put away, and I was pruning a plant. So I'm sorry it took so long to say thank you. Thank you. Ah, <laughs> uh, thank you, Karen. It's something I need to hear, Karen. Thank you. <laughs>
Well, it's time to end this recording. And um, Holy Spirit's given me two thoughts this morning to look at. And I'm going to put them together because I think they're just so perfect. The one is from Lesson 65. Since today's the last day we're reading, what is salvation? Lesson 65 is my only function, is the one God gave me. The idea for today affirms your commitment to salvation. It also reminds you that you have no function other than this. Both of these thoughts are obviously necessary for a total commitment. Salvation cannot be the only purpose you hold while you still cherish others. The full acceptance of salvation as your only function necessarily entails two phases. The recognition of salvation as your function and the relinquishment of all other goals you have invented for yourself. This is the only way in which you can take your rightful place among the saviors of the world. This is the only way in which you can say and mean, my only function is the one God gave me. This is the only way in which you can find peace of mind. And that forms the basis of the healing example. In paragraph 20, in chapter 27, the only way to heal is to be healed. And was to be healed but my false identity. The miracle extends without your help, but you are needed that it can begin. Accept the miracle of healing. Accept it and it will go forth because of what it is. It is its nature to extend itself the instant it is born and it is born the instant it is offered and received. No one can ask another to be healed, but he can let himself be healed and thus offer the other what he has received. Who can bestow upon another what he does not have and who can share what he denies himself? The Holy Spirit speaks to you. He does not speak to someone else. Yet by your listening, by your listening, his voice extends because you have accepted what he says. Two ideas which make fear itself an illusion. Thank you, everyone. It's been a great call this morning. I sure have appreciated all the shares about the release of fear and acceptance of truth. Um, thank you, everyone.